You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. This program is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is a production of Bride Ministries. You can find us at www.bridemovement.com and hang out with us at thefireplacechurch.org, where you can sign up at thefireplacechurch.org. It's a landing page at bridemovement.com at this point because we have changed formats and through that venue, by providing us with your email address, we will send you our weekly invite to be part of the coolest thing ever. And um, we've had a series of uh, services more recently where there have been guest speakers because I have been out of the country having my wedding. Ooh la la. The fact of the matter is that we had our marriage in May. Uh, We actually got married in May, but we are having our gorgeous and beautiful wedding celebration now. And so I have been gone. Uh, Actually, this program and others have been pre-recorded. And my wife and I are just having the time of our lives. Thank you for all of you that love us and pray for us and support us. And uh, you may be wondering, if you listen to this podcast, why didn't you make announcements about having your wedding way earlier on? Well, if you're part of our community, you would have known about that as far as like Fireplace Church, Survivor Groups, and all the people that are you know more closely connected. Um, one of the reasons why I don't put all my plans out on the podcast is because we have lots and lots of evil people that listen to this program. <laughs> Big surprise. And uh, I don't like to, you know, just throw out ammunition, so to speak, and say, well, here's a great plan you can, you know, do a bunch of rituals against to try and ruin. So we try to minimize the, uh, you know, warfare and and, and, uh, dominate in the, uh, you know, closet of prayer. And so anyway, uh, but, you know, we, 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 we are just so grateful for the opportunity God has given us to have, you know, this beautiful wedding that we had and I will tell you this. Uh, we're going to have an awesome program for you today. I, uh, I I think you're really going to enjoy it. Before we get there, I just want to say thank you for all of our financial supporters out there that are helping Bride Ministries to continue to move forward. And we were moving forward into so many glorious things towards the end of 2017 going into 2018. I'll tell you what. There is no other exciting place I'd rather be than right here at Bride Ministries. And and that's thanks to you guys and what you're helping us to do. To give to what we are doing, just go to www.bridemovement.com. Click that donate button. You can write to us at P.O. Box 835-661, Richardson, Texas, 75083. I am done. We're going to get right into that program. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall.
folks, I'm sitting down with my good friend Casey for another round, or I should say episode, of our work together. Now, for those of you that haven't heard Casey before, she has been a client of mine and we have traversed quite a bit of ground as we have aligned her with the finished work of Jesus Christ and established healing and deliverance in her life. And she has been ever so gracious to come on my program and talk about what it took, what actually happened in the course of our work together. And um, it has just been a really, really amazing journey for many of you to hear how she has been set free to identify with different points in her story. You know, Casey, welcome back to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Thank you, Daniel. It is a pleasure and it is an honor to be back with you again to continue on with the episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So in our last uh, conversation together, we talked about quite a few things. And, um, you know, we were getting into some more about your protector, about how, you know, we dealt with Ptah. We talked about... Um, <laughs> this tie into uh, Nazi Germany and World War II and how that worked its way into your bondage. And I'll tell you, it's a fascinating journey. And today we're going to pick up with another session where we actually purposed to work on your spirit woman. Absolutely. And uh, also my brain and how my brain is uh, integrated with uh, my spirit woman, which was very informative and very interesting. And uh, hopefully this, sex this session or this episode, episode number five, will bring a lot of clarity to many who are listening. Amen. So uh, why don't you go ahead and walk us into how this particular session started, Casey? Okay. Well, uh, as usual, Daniel starts off with prayer. And uh, this time we took a different approach to uh, work with my, of course, my spirit woman and my brain. Uh, my husband discussed at length with Daniel uh, that he thought that we needed to focus in um, on, in this co coaching session, that we needed to focus in on the healing and restoration of the cognitive functions of my brain. So I've actually come a long way with the healing of my brain. Uh, I remember a little less than six years old, I had all the symptoms of what seemed to be Alzheimer's. And uh, only one major thing that stood out when I had my brain tested was that the doctor could not find one thing wrong. As a matter of fact, he was looking at me kind of uh, strange to make sure that, I, that uh, I was checking out normal in all areas. But he said that my brain was just fine. Everything checked out to be quite fine. So I t briefly talked with him, and I was so happy, too, that he was uh, a born-again believer, thank goodness. But I, I you know, I, I talked to him about all the symptoms of Alzheimer's because it was at a point 
in the, my time where I could wake up and I would not know who I was. I would not know my name. I couldn't remember the address, my address. I could not remember that I was married to my husband. I could not remember these very things. And at that time, I was very ignorant of the power of witchcraft and how uh, it is applied to a brain of a person to destroy it or an attempt to destroy it. So that is actually another story, another episode and another time to uh, talk about. But I just wanted to give you that brief, um, that brief um, information, piece of information before we actually start. So Casey, so, what you're saying is uh, years were going by where periodically you could literally wake up in the morning with nothing measurable going wrong with your brain that would cause you to not remember your address and other essential facts about your life? Exactly. Exactly. Here I am in a um, professional environment at work and um, had responsibilities. I could not remember that. Uh, I could be driving in a car going from just going less than a mile from my house to maybe to get gas at a gas station. And then I would lose all point of reference of where I was. And uh, I, I know that uh, my grandmother suffered um, from uh, dementia. And at, at that time, at that point in time, it was believed that dementia and Alzheimer's could be inherited but later on I learned that 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 is not true that's not the case and I'm saying this I'm speaking to the listeners if your family has suffered Alzheimer's and dementia that does not mean that you will inherit that that is actually a separate uh, disease that is affiliated and associated with the person and it also depends on if there's any type of heavy witchcraft that is involved that's causing these symptoms to happen. So I just wanted to let you know. Later on, down the years, as the years passed by, and as I began to become, my husband and I became more and more educated in the uh, spiritual world and the spiritual aspects of how you can suffer the same symptoms due to heavy witchcraft. We began to take the appropriate actions, and uh, we are so thankful that the Lord brought Daniel into our path to help uh, help me recover from this. Hey, well, amen. So, folks, of course, I'm sitting there, and uh, I'm aware of some of the things that are going on in Casey's life and the struggles and challenges that she has. And you kind of, when when you're in the seat of the person doing a ministry, have to focus on what's presenting um, most viciously and then work your way through the list of issues or difficulties or challenges um, as, as you go from most severe to less severe. And, and of course, this was a big hurdle. And uh, when we finally got to working on it, the question becomes, well, what kind of ministry approach will actually produce results? 
when you are looking at a person who has their cognitive ability and brain function being um, attacked. And uh, that's when we began uh, <laughs> this particular that that's the that's that was the launch point for this particular session. Anyway, go ahead and continue telling the story, Casey. Okay. All right. So uh, I let Daniel know that Charles, my protector, uh, was wearing white knee-length shorts and a button-down sleeve shirt with leather sandals all week long. In other words, he was in a very relaxed mood and he was focused focused on healing and restoration for this particular coaching session. Now for the listeners, uh, for the first time listeners or the second time listeners, uh, I just wanted to pause here to let you know that Charles is my guardian angel and he was assigned to protect me uh, while I'm here in this earth. Uh, Father God was very, very gracious in giving me a, a guardian angel to come with me um, as I journey, make my journey uh, here in this earth or live my journey here in this earth. So, and another thing about Charles is that when he's wearing, uh, when he's 45 years old and wearing shorts and uh, things of that sort, shorts and sandals, and he's very relaxed, we already know that uh, we're gonna focus in on some type of healing and restoration. When he's 75 years old and he has on his, I call it the military gear, which I won't go into detail, but if you're more than welcome to review uh, episodes one, two, and three to get the very details of what he wears when it's time to go to war, um, then you're more than welcome to do that. So this time, uh, he's very relaxed and uh, he's focusing in on the healing and restoration which uh, he was in agreement with uh, my husband's uh, assessment on what we should do for this session. So Daniel mentioned that there are seven major regions of the brain that connect with the human spirit. You may want to write this down or take notes. This may be something new or maybe something that's very relevant to you right now. Uh, Again, there are seven major regions of the brain that connect with the human spirit. And uh, he said that uh, he, he'll he first call my human spirit forth to work with her. So that's what he did. He actually called my human spirit forth. She introduced herself and Daniel started to talk to her. So Daniel called, when she called her uh, to present herself to him, she came forward and she appeared as if what seemed to be a dark silhouette-shaped woman with long, dark brown hair who appeared to be in fit shape. And uh, she was about 35 years of age, Daniel asked her age, and and, uh, she was about 35 years of age. So Daniel asked her if she had any garments on, and she said no. So Daniel prayed for my spirit woman to have a garment to wear, and I saw a bright light shine through her so he prayed for her to wear a robe of righteousness of her favorite color 
Then I saw my spirit woman wearing a pink, long, flowing dress. Light was coming out from the dress, if you can imagine that. It looked like sparkling light. It was glittering. It's like a glittery, sparkling type light. And then Daniel asked what was her function, and she replied that she is a war prayer. Now, previous, I mentioned in some of my episodes before that uh, there is a difference between intercession and war prayer, and a war prayer uh, is more specialized in warfare. So uh, after that, um, I um, <clears throat> told Daniel that uh, this specialty, this kind, well, actually, I didn't tell her, tell Daniel this. This is my spirit woman talking to Daniel. And she, uh, she told Daniel that this type of uh, specialized prayer, war prayer, frees up people from other planets and regions of captivity. This specialty fights and defeats fallen angels, principalities, and rulers. This specialty destroys and collapses realms and timelines and beings that are not authorized by God our Father to exist. And yes, I said that correctly. There are beings, spiritual beings right now, that are existing, but they were never authorized by God our Father to exist. So this is a short description that gives you an idea about the war prayer function. So these kind of assignments must be given to you by God our Father, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit before you can be authorized to go out and do this kind of warfare. So I am saying, please, if you are not authorized to do this kind of warfare, and if it was not specifically given to you by God our Father, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, Please don't get out into the spirit realm to do any type of warfare against what I've just mentioned previously. Yeah, and I, I just want to jump in and say a few things here, guys. So Casey is walking you into ministry to the human spirit, and we've touched on this before. Uh, on this particular day, you know, I call her human spirit forward. Now, I simply do that by saying, Casey's spirit, I want to invite you to come to the surface and to be present. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I honor you in the name of Jesus. I want you to tell me when you are present. And when we begin to understand what ministry to the human spirit looks like, we have to bridge a certain gap, which, you know, some people think like I used to think that the human spirit is just like some kind of energy ball or some kind of power source that allows for us to have life. And so we have this like energy ball source, which is a place of worship and prayer or whatever you want to call it. And then you have the soul and that's the mind, will and emotions. And then you have the body. And that was like an old model I had in my head. And then I began to graduate into a much more distinguished understanding, a much more full revelation on how the human spirit manifests and it's you know manifesting in accordance with its design we are a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body but the spirit is essentially a distinct person from the soul and that's where a lot of christians struggle because we haven't been trained to think about it that way 
but you know truly just like jesus christ is a distinct person from the father yet they are one god uh our spirit is a distinct person from our soul yet we are one human and so when i begin to engage the spirit you know i tell people this the thoughts are going to come from a different place and and many people that i work with will even see an image of their own human spirit as they begin to engage from that place and that's what casey is describing to you and so it's not something that i i just make up i mean this is the way it works it's it's just it is what it is and we were working with the mechanics of it moreover it all found grounds out on first thessalonians five twenty three, which says uh, may the God of all peace sanctify you wholly. I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, the, um, the the truth is she began to talk a little bit about how her spirit had no garment. And so much begins to make sense when you actually work with the ministry. There is a passage in Revelation sixteen fifteen which says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. What people don't understand is that our spirit can wear garments and should be wearing garments. Garments of praise, garments of righteousness, wedding garments. And we can fail to keep those garments. As a matter of fact, Garments can become defiled. Revelation 3, 4 says, Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. And so oftentimes when I'm ministering to people that have really been drugged through the dirt by the enemy, if they have garments, sometimes they need to be changed. Um, And not only do we wear garments... Jesus wears garments in the spirit. The angels of the Lord wear garments in the spirit. Revelation 1.13, And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his foot. So the, the idea that uh, the Bible has little to say about the human spirit or what is going on on that level is a load of baloney. I mean, it has plenty to say. It, it's 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 actually so much of the Bible comes alive when we begin to understand ministry to the human spirit, ministry on that level, what actually occurs on that level of our existence. And so there I am ministering. And of course, you know, she got a, a new garment and that was a really good thing. As a matter of fact, KC recognized that her spirit begins to shine in a certain way that's that's a good thing (laughs) that means you know there's um, a a revealing of light and glory and of course our spirits are light the spirit of man is the lamp of the lord searching all the inward parts i mean this so we could go on and on i don't want to belinger the point we'll be coming back around in a minute to how the human spirit connects into the facets of the brain and uh but before we get there, I'm going to turn it back over to Casey and you can walk us through some more of what was taking place. Yes, yes. And so now we're, we will continue on. Daniel asked my spirit woman, what kind of purse did she like? And so my spirit woman uh, said that she would like a pink pocketbook. Now, of course, um, if you are in your 50s and 60s, you'll know what a pocketbook is. If you're younger than that, you may not know what a pocketbook is, but a pocketbook 
back in the day, that's what we would call it, a pocketbook. And so uh, she said she wanted a, 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 pocket, a pink pocketbook. So Daniel gave her a pink pocketbook. And uh, it was pink, it was sparkling, the chain of it was pure, made of pure gold. And um, interesting enough, I, I just have to say this, you know, when, um, when Daniel starts to interact and activate your spirit, you know, now, now you have your soul talking, you now you have your spirit talking. So I have to say this, uh, my soul actually blurted out and said that my spirit wanted a concealed handgun carrying handbag. And uh, so we both laughed about that and uh, we continued on. So needless to say, that was absolutely wrong because my spirit woman did not want that. So, um, so Daniel prayed for my spirit woman to receive a pink pocketbook with a flask of anointing oil. And, uh, and then uh, another thing about my pocketbook, about my spirit woman's pocketbook is that it was all diamond studded. I mean, the whole entire pocketbook was just covered with diamonds. Uh, Daniel directed my spirit woman to pour the anointing oil on herself and then on the top of my head to anoint my brain. And when she did that, when I saw my spirit woman pour the anointing oil literally all on her, on top of her head, it was, it was just a wonderful thing to see. And then she poured the anointing oil on my head. And I could actually feel uh, uh, it was a tangible oil that I could actually feel on my head and my brain when she did that. So uh, I told Daniel that my spirit woman, uh, I asked Daniel if my spirit woman could use the anointing oil at any time. And of course he said yes. So again, uh, Daniel stated that the brain has seven major regions that connect with the human spirit. So now Daniel's moving from my spirit woman now that he's called her forth and she has been activated and she's active now, he's moving to the brain. So Daniel led me through a prayer to restore each part of the seven regions of my brain. So the seven regions of the brain are the frontal lobe, the parietal lobe, the occipital lobe, the temporal lobe, the cerebellum, the brain stem, and the basal ganglia. So the prayer uh, was for the functions of each of these regions to be restored back to the original order. Daniel, did you want to say anything about that? Okay, so here's a couple of things that I think will help those of you that are listening to this. Because the kind of ministry that we engage in is not your typical ministry. It sounds very foreign to certain people many times because they've never even heard a prayer language in some of the ways that we are talking. Where do you, Dan Duvall, get the nerve to try to do some of this stuff? How do you arrive at the conclusion that you could give someone's human spirit a vial of oil and t tell it to pour it over the person? Okay, 
let me tell you, first of all, Psalm 45, 7, which is echoed in Hebrews 1, 9, says, Thou loves righteousness and hates wickedness. Therefore, God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And let me tell you something. Uh, what happened is that Jesus was anointed by his father with the oil of gladness. When did the Father God ever show up in the flesh, a physical place, in a physical body, say, Jesus, come over here. Here's some oil. I'm going to pour it on your head. That never happened. Otherwise, it would have been recorded in the Bible. See, the Father anointed Jesus with the oil of gladness as a spiritual thing. That was a spiritual transaction. And what happens is that there is a a capacity to pour out oil of anointing in the spirit. And truly, Jesus received the Holy Spirit landing upon him like a dove, as the Father spoke from heaven and did say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. So we know that the oil of anointing or the anointing is the Holy Spirit. But what I'm doing is I'm actually engaging in mechanics out of a revelation that we are sons <laughs> and we are heirs and co-heirs with Christ. And, and, you know, we have a certain capacity to do things in the spirit that we may have not understood formerly, do mostly to what I would call bad or ignorant teaching. Not that there's bad or ignorant people that do it intentionally. There's some that do that intentionally. But many of us just were never told this is what's possible. And so we didn't even know to do certain things. If we go to the book of Zechariah, and this is one of the moments in time where God really, you know, uh, busted me up pretty good. Uh, chapter 3 has this interesting situation where Joshua the high priest is before the Lord in heaven. And Zechariah the prophet is there watching this event transpire where... Uh, Joshua has Satan standing there um, to resist him, and the Lord is rebuking Satan. And then God in this scene in Zechariah chapter 3 is recorded as saying, take away the filthy garments. Filthy garments from what? So right now God is dealing with Joshua's spirit. He's actually taking away filthy garments. He's giving him new garments. And... um. So, so there's this cleansing that's taking place as God is imputing something to Zechariah. But then the fascinating part comes in verse 5, and, and I challenge anyone that's listening to this program to read this. I'm, what I'm giving you is the revelation behind the ministry. Verse 5 says, And I said, Let them set a fair mitre upon his head. Now a mitre is a crown. And Zechariah is actually in that courtroom setting as a witness, and he says, not God, but Zechariah, set a mitre upon his head. So when the prophet, that is a human person, says in that heavenly realm, set a fair mitre upon his head, what the angels of the Lord do is set a mitre upon his head. It, that, that the ministering spirits that are before the Lord in that setting actually accomplish what is spoken by the prophet. And so... What I'm teaching Casey's Spirit to do is minister on that level that you can actually engage heavenly things with your spirit by calling it out, by speaking to it. And it's 
not an allegory or a metaphor. It's really happening. And so we step out of this revelation onto a higher revelation where we're looking at, okay, not only are we going to interact with heavenly objects, but we're going to interface with heavenly objects for the purpose of uh, aligning a revelation on how the brain interfaces with the human spirit in order to introduce an explosion of glory and healing authored by the power of Jesus Christ in Casey's life. Not with a, you know, blatant, you know, oh, cover her brain with the blood of Jesus, now heal her, Jesus. You know, like this kind of prayer is not getting the job done lest she would have already been healed. We're going deeper and we're going higher. And that is some of the explanation on, well, how do you get there, Dan? That's how. Okay, go ahead, Casey. Absolutely. So let's go, let's just delve just a little bit deeper into the functions of the seven uh, regions of the brain that's uh, interactive with our spirit, spirit man or spirit woman, depending on your gender. The frontal lobe uh, is responsible for movement, problem solving, concentrating, thinking, behavior, personality mood. The uh, parietal lobe is responsible for sensations, language, perception, body awareness, and attention. The occipital lobe is responsible for vision and perception. The temporal lobe is responsible for hearing, language, and memory. The cerebellum is responsible for posture, balance, coordination of movement. And the brainstem uh, is responsible for consciousness, breathing, and heart rate. And then the basal ganglion is responsible for voluntary motor control, procedural learning, eye movement, as well as cognitive and emotional functions. Uh, If you look up Uh, you can actually look up the functional areas of the brain uh, in Google and you will actually see uh, diagrams clearly of the the brain and the different areas of the brain. You'll probably get a better understanding by just looking at the, the diagrams there. So Daniel, after he specifically prayed for the seven areas, the seven regions of my brain to be restored back to the original order, I actually felt my brain moving on the inside as if there was some type of alignment, rearrangement with the, to the words that Daniel was actually praying. And uh, he was praying not only that my brain be restored and uh, restored back to my original order, he also applied the word of God that was very appropriate to the different functions of my brain. And I could feel the movement going on in my brain. And uh, I could also feel an immediate result of the fogginess disappearing, the fogginess of the brain. I'm sure a lot of people have actually uh, experienced foggy thinking. Uh, It's partial thinking. You can think of uh, 
you can think of a, a, a uh, let's say that you can think of a topic, but it's very, very foggy. You can't uh, think about, you can't focus in on the details of a particular topic that you're thinking about, etc. things of that sort. That's just one example of many that happen at that time. So once the process of the brain being realigned to its original order, then we were ready to call forth the different uh, functions of my spirit woman. So Daniel, uh, the first uh, function he called forth was my prophet spirit. So she came forth and Daniel asked her what was her function. And she said that she is to proclaim what she hears the Spirit of the Lord saying. So Daniel asked her if she had to say something to me, then what would she say? And my prophet spirit said, stop fretting. Just those two words, stop fretting. So uh, we took that to heart and we moved on. So then Daniel called forth my teacher spirit. She came forth and Daniel asked what was her function. And she said that she is to teach to the listener what they need to know about the things of God and themselves. My teacher's purpose is to help the listener to receive from the spirit of the Lord and to begin to have a relationship with the Lord, which is very very important in all of our lives. So Daniel asked her the question, if she had something to say to me, then what would she say? And my teacher spirit said to stop fretting. Yes, those two words, stop fretting. So Daniel directed my spirit woman to pour anointing oil on my prophet and my teacher spirit. So I actually saw them hugging each other and they were receiving the pouring of the anointing oil that flowed out of that little flask that my spirit woman has and it was like a river it it came out and it was like a big big river that um landed on their heads and then it just drenched them both all the way down to their feet and it was just a glorious sight to see and so now I, I want to say that this flask of oil is not that big because, you know, it's, it's, it, it's designed to fit into my pocketbook. But this flask of oil never runs out, never. It's always replenished from the storeroom in heaven. And that's a beautiful thing about having access to the rims, rooms of heaven, to our storerooms that's actually reserved for us personally for our use and it's for our use it's for the good of us it's it's for the good of us personally and it's for the good of the people that we're ministering to and it also brings glory to God as well Daniel did you now, want to say something I just want to say a few things you know so what I essentially had happen was that while I was praying for Casey's brain I was having her spirit pour the oil of anointing over the different parts of the brain that I was calling into alignment. And this is based um, partly on a revelation that's really been 
pioneered by Arthur Burke, and I, I, I do have to give him props on this because he's the one that really, you know, figured out that there's a connection between the uh, portions of the human spirit and the portions of the brain. And well, what are the portions of the human spirit? That comes from Romans chapter 12, and I did have a program with him where he actually went ahead and explained this um, himself, but going over it briefly. In Romans chapter 12, there are a list of what are known as redemptive gifts. And these are gifts associated with the soul, but there is a, a, a duality going on there with not only do you look at them from the perspective of how they relate to the soul, there is a counterpart revelation associated with the human spirit. And it says in um, having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry let us wait on our ministering or he that teaches on teaching or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that sheweth mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without this emulation. And, you know, the idea is that, yeah, we do have these uh, redemptive gifts that are associated with how we, uh, you, you know, present to the world what our traits and characteristics are. Some people are more exhortational in their personality. Some people are more prophetic in their personality and, and the way their gifts flow through them. And uh, what we found is that just like God has a sevenfold spirit, Isaiah 11, 2, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge. Um, we have these seven spirits of God. Um, we also have a sevenfold spirit ourselves as humans because we are created in his image. And those seven facets mirror these redemptive gifts. And that's what we have found in practice. Anytime I am calling forth a person's spirit and I begin to speak to these facets, I'll say, you know, uh, Casey's exhorter, Casey's prophet, Casey's servant, the, that facet of their spirit is coming forth and presenting. And you know, Arthur Burke took this a further, and if you you know go through some of his materials, he associates this with the brain. Um, you know, and 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 it'll he'll say the prophet that goes along with the frontal lobe, the servant with the parietal lobe, the teacher with the temporal lobe, left and right for all of these, the exhorter with the occipital lobe, the giver with the cerebellum, the ruler with the brainstem, and the mercy with the basal ganglia. And so understanding that Casey's spirit is, you know, uh, interfacing with the brain, I am, you know, just working with Casey's spirit in a genuine, general way and saying, anoint the entire brain for service to the Most High God. Bring it into alignment with that oil of anointing. And I'm praying through it, her spirit's co collaborating with me. And there is this manifestation of power that is taking place. And Casey felt it. And um, that's that was really, really cool. And then after that, the logic is now we're going to begin to go after the different facets or portions of her spirit, call them forth and minister to them. And that is where she is now explaining things to us. Go ahead. Yes, absolutely. So then Daniel called forth my exhorter spirit 
So she came forth, and I, I have to say, I had to chuckle a little bit because she is a drama queen. I mean, she made her grand entrance. She came forth and she made a grand entrance to Daniel, and uh, she said that she was here. She said, here I am. And so uh, until that moment of time, I never knew that I had any trace of a personality that was lighthearted and all I wanted to do is just have fun. You know, this is what my exhorter, my, my exhorter is like that. She's very lighthearted and all she's wanting to do is have fun. So I learned that she is 100%. Hey y'all, it's party. Let's start the party. I mean, that's her personality. <laughs> so uh, I, I was quite amused to, to see that and learn that. So Daniel asked her, uh, what was her function? And she said that she is to encourage the listeners so that they can receive what the Spirit of, of the Lord is saying and what he's wanting to give them. So uh, Daniel directed my spirit woman to pour the anointing oil on my exhorter spirit. And she just she just held up her hands and she shouted, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! This is what she's doing with her hands raised. Hallelujah! So uh, then Daniel paused, and uh, he, he had to pause to, to, to let her continue to uh, praise the Lord. And, and then when she was finished, he asked her uh, if um, she was asking him for a megaphone. Now, I did not know that my exhorter spirit was actually at talking to Daniel's spirit man at that time and she was asking Daniel's spirit man if she could have a megaphone so now Daniel is he actually paused he was still and then Daniel looks at me through Skype of course and he says is your uh is your um exhorter asking for a megaphone and so then I paused and I started listening to her and she I heard her asking Daniel's spirit man if she could have a megaphone. And so I said, yes, she's asking for a megaphone. And not only that, she wants pom-poms too. And so, <laughs> so go ahead, Dave. Uh, this is all accurate. And I will say, exhorter portions of the human spirit actually really like megaphones because they could praise the Lord louder. <laughs> And also, you know, people are really good at building barriers between themselves and their spirits because the soul loves to dominate uh, in life. And it is a journey to submit under the spirit because God wants us to be spirit led. And the thing is, the megaphone actually breaks the soul's capacity to an extent to build that wall because the megaphone, even if the person's trying to shut down their spirit, you know, the spirit's going to be yelling at them and crank up the volume. It, it, it's a really interesting thing to watch a person when this begins to take place because they'll be sitting there very uncomfortable when their spirit's trying to stand up and, you know, get them to cooperate with the Lord on something. And it's just gotten a lot more loud. And so it, it's a lot more difficult to resist it. So I found exhorters love the megaphone and pom-poms, you know, believe it or not, are, 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 
the human spirit loves the human. So I, I meet very few human spirits that do not have a great deal of love for the soul. And um, truly, the, the problem is usually going in the other direction where the soul has issues with the spirit. And I'm not going to get into all of that right now. But the spirit will actually cheer the soul on. You know, when people are walking through difficult seasons in life and it's like, man, this is really hard on this side of the veil. It's, this is tough. It, it gets really, really difficult down here. This, the person's spirit will be throwing encouragement at them. And this can look like, you know, pom-poms going up and down and saying, you go, Casey, go, go, Casey, go. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not being... Um, dishonest with you. I That's mean, this true. is real. That's absolutely true, Daniel. That's true. <laughs> so because that that was what was going on, literally. <laughs> so Daniel, Daniel gave her a megaphone and some pom poms. And of course, the pom poms were the color red. So she started shaking those pom poms and I could see her shaking those pom poms. And then I saw drops of the blood of Jesus being sprinkled out from them. And then she started speaking in the megaphone and she was saying, Hey everybody. Hallelujah. Hey everybody. Hallelujah. And, and this is where Daniel was saying that it was so loud to my soul could not hear Daniel ministering i was trying to listen to daniel talk but i could not hear him anymore because of the megaphone she was speaking out loud it was so hey everybody hallelujah so i had to tell her to stop using the megaphone because it literally took my attention off of daniel so that i could be focused in on her literally daniel yeah, I mean, this, so, hey, uh, welcome <laughs> to Christianity. Uh, Casey, what did she tell you? So Daniel asked her if she had something to say to me, and then what would she say? And my exhorter said to stop fretting. Okay, now this is the third time we're hearing two words, stop fretting. So then Daniel paused and he asked me, what was I fretting about? And I told him that as I see the evil events taking place in this world and how the people were being beat up, literally beat up right now by the forces of darkness and that I wanted to do something about it, but I was in a wounded state at that time that I couldn't do anything. So I was fretting. And I didn't mention to Daniel that was, I was also fretting, of course, about uh, my marriage, you know, because the, the state that I was in was actually stressing our marriage here. It was putting great stress in our marriage. And I was, I was fretting about that. And, and, you know, it was all because of the wounded, woundedness and the wounded condition that I was in at that time. So uh, God has been very, very faithful to begin the healing process, uh, of course, with the both of my husband and I, and he's been, we've been working together to change that status. But thank God, God finally brought a person 
that knew exactly what I needed, what kind of healing and restoration and deliverance that I needed into our paths, which was Daniel. And um, it, it was just a blessing. So uh, my husband and I have actually been married since, you know, 1998. And um, it, it's just wonderful how our marriage is actually being restored as I'm being restored. It's just wonderful. So Daniel called forth my ruler spirit. So she came forth from the left, my left side, and she said to Daniel, what do you want, Daniel? And so Daniel asked me, how tall uh, was she? And I told her that she was stunted in growth and she seemed to be about five feet, eight inches tall. Now, I was actually shocked when she came forth in that manner. I mean, it's like she came, I saw her on the left side of me and she came forth and it was like a, a, a real, um, she was demanding. She, she wanted to know what, what uh, Daniel wanted and it's just how she spoke the whole thing. So Daniel, at that point, she, his spirit man was actually beginning to engage with, uh, with my ruler spirit. So, um, and, and, and then he was prompted to ask, you know, about, you know, her growth. And uh, I told him five feet, eight inches tall, which was short, by the way, it's very stunted. So then she stooped down and she started crying with her hands on her face. And so I said, Daniel, I said, she's, she's stooping down now. She's starting to cry and she has her hands on her face. And then Daniel says, and then Daniel said this was much, so much sympathy. And it was like, he was frustrated with her. And so Daniel said, um, uh, he, he directed, he, well, he told me because she's frustrated, you know, when he said it, he, and he said it with much sympathy because he was seeing this, that she was frustrated. And so uh, Daniel directed my spirit woman to pour anointing oil on my ruler. And he commanded that the artificial inhibitions and restraints be removed off of my ruler. The artificial inhibitions and restraints look somewhat like chains and they were removed instantly. Then she grew up to be about 10 feet tall. I literally saw hers like she expanded up and out. She was about 10 feet tall. And then she stood there. And when she did that, she stood there with her weight on her right leg and her left leg was forward and her arms were folded. And she looked like a ruler. That's what she looked like at that point in time. And she looked right at Daniel and was over her right shoulder. She was looking at Daniel. And then she didn't wait to, uh, for Daniel to ask her the question. If she had something to say to me, then what would it be? She just turned slightly to the right and she spoke over her right shoulder. And she looked down at me and she says, don't worry. We won't go over into the deep end. That's what she said. <laughs> so Daniel wants to say nothing about that. You know, so as I'm doing this kind of ministry, I'm in partnership with my human spirit. We work together and we is me with the revelation that I have a soul and a spirit. <laughs> but 
I'm able to hear what another person's human spirit is saying with my spirit, man. Jesus actually responded to the Pharisees knowing the thoughts that were in their heart without them actually verbalizing their questions because he was connecting with something in the spirit. On another level, Paul in the book of Acts is approached by a man from Macedonia in a vision beckoning him to come to that region. What is that? That is Paul's spirit connecting with another person's human spirit and having an engagement in the spirit realm. This is independent of the soul because my soul is in my body where it belongs because I do not teach astral projection, talking with Karen and asking questions like, well, what do you see happening? Is your spirit asking for a megaphone? Whatever it is. So I'm partnering with my human spirit and there are many ministers that have learned to partner with their human spirit as they begin to move into glory realms and into the power of God and demonstration thereof without the knowledge of how to language what they're doing. And what we're doing is languaging things that people have been doing for years. <laughs> I mean, it's just that we haven't understood the mechanics of what's actually taking place. And, and so here, you know, we're really sharpening our tools, sharpening our vocabulary, uh, getting very, very solid mechanics on what's taking place. And, and so the different portions of her spirit are rotating forward as I'm calling them forward. And my spirit is very sensitive to what's going on. It's like, you know, when her ruler comes forward, I just knew you're frustrated. That, that came from my spirit who saw and, and was kind of interacting on that level. My soul then knows something that is impossible for me to know in the natural. There's no way I'm going to know that. This is no way, but yet it's, proven out there's fruit following so anyway we're we're, we're ministering through the different facets and uh casey's spirit is uh her ruler is something else i just have to say that <laughs> go ahead casey absolutely i mean there was so much activity going on at that point and uh needless to say when my ruler looked down at me and said, don't worry, we won't go over into the deep end. That was exactly my concern. I mean, that was, she pinpointed it to the T. It's like, I mean, it's like, okay, it's like this. I was raised as a Lutheran, ignorant of all of this, just ignorant of it. So when we met Daniel, when God brought Daniel into our paths, we were both, my husband and I were both happy and at the same time, we were saying, oh, goodness, what are we getting into? But we need this. We need this. And so every session, I said, oh, I hope we don't go into the deep end. And then my ruler says, don't worry. We won't go over to the deep end. So, so, um, <clears throat> so you know, that was it. My, you know, my prayers were actually being answered. And uh, about me seeing, you know, my spirit woman, you know, I was praying this. I want to see my spirit woman. I want to see what she looks like. I want to interact with her. I want to know the different functions of my spirit woman. And things, you know, things are coming into place now. But yet I'm thinking that I'm going to go over into the deep end and, and into some place of la la stupidity or something like that. And, but uh, it, it's quite funny. 
it was quite funny. <clears throat> so, um, the uh, Daniel then spoke a chariot with horses into existence for my ruler. And uh, she climbed into the chariot. She was, it was almost a, uh, well, when she climbed into the chariot, a, a full length, almost full length golden cape with red embroidery around the cape appeared and it covered my ruler. So now my ruler's wearing a golden cape with red embroidery around it. And she, and this happened as she climbed into the chariot that Daniel spoke into existence with the horses <clears throat> that, that were attached to the chariot. So the cape gracefully flowed in the wind. Now, all of a sudden, there's the wind. The wind, the sound, the sound of the wind. The wind was just all over the place. It was very, very noisy in this room. So, uh, and the cape was just flowing just gracefully in the wind. So Daniel asked her for the meaning of the colors of the cape. And she told him that the golden color was for the glory of the Lord, and it really looked like the glory of the Lord. And the red embroidery that was around the golden cape was for the blood of Jesus. And she had a white dress on that stopped just above her knees. And so while Daniel's ministering and going on, I decided to have a private conversation, or I tried to, I attempted to have a private conversation with my ruler to try to persuade her that she needs to lengthen that dress make it just below, just below the knees and that's what I was saying can you just make that dress below your knees just make it just just lengthen that dress and she resolutely looked and she said no <laughs> I mean you know with authority it was just a resolute no so of course I stopped at that time, and I started focusing in back on Daniel. So I told Daniel, I said, she told me no. I said, Daniel, I said, I tried to uh, reason with her to uh, lengthen her dress below her knees, and she told me no, and Daniel just started laughing. I was I was almost like in shock, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so uh, so <clears throat> she wears uh, brown sandals. And the sandals actually strap up her legs and they tie together just below her knees. So uh, there were 10 horses attached to the chariot and they were all restless. They were standing on their hind legs and then they land back on their front legs and they were neighing and they were snorting. And then they were looking back at my ruler woman because, you know, this is their first introduction to who they were assigned to, which was my ruler woman. So Daniel told me that those horses were real because, you know, now I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what in the world do we have here? So he was telling me that, yes, what you're seeing is correct. Those horses are real. And that uh, Daniel told me the story about his horses. Sometimes he'll just let his horses loose to trample on the forces of darkness when he's warring against them. Daniel, do you want to say something? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the idea that there are heavenly horses and spiritual horses should come as no surprise as Jesus is literally pictured in the book of Revelation as riding on a white horse. 
And, you know, again, people spend so much time allegorizing the Bible or just distancing themselves from the spirit realm that they can never catch up with what God has actually made available to his children. He, we have no idea what God has set aside for us, what, what kind of capacity we have and um, the resources available. And I had a revelation a while back that the ruler portion of my spirit had a chariot with a whole bunch of horses. And then I started finding things like stables, you know, in the spirit. It's like, oh, that's mine. Like, I have a whole stable, of course. Like, and, and then I started to do cool things because I'm kind of experimental in my warfare sometimes. So, so I, I would just say funny things like, go ahead and trample on their heads, horses. And I would ask people, what do you see happening? You know, many people that I work with are seeing into the spirit like Casey has explain to you she she sees in the spirit very well and it's like the movie is just playing and, and things just are happening and so we've proven out that the horses can be loosed in warfare people have seen the kind of damage they do some of the horses blow fire i mean this is like you know th- this is kingdom living 101 guys and all all i'm doing is taking advantage of what god gave me just like you could be taking advantage of what god gave you if you could get the religiousness out of the way and all of the doubt and insecurity and fear and other stuff that stand in the way of walking out your inheritance in Christ. And uh, so, so we're just applying, I mean, inheritance in Christ when we're doing this stuff. And so I'm speaking to her spirit and uh, she gets her chariot and she's very happy about that. <laughs> Go ahead, Casey. Absolutely. She was really happy. And see, my ruler spirit, she's loud. Oh my goodness, she is so loud. And so, you know, my, my ruler spirit, I, I see her talking to the horses, and but I didn't understand the language that she was using, but the horses understood her, uh, understood every word that she was saying. And so I sensed that she was giving them some sort of direction, and but yet the horses were actually looking over their shoulders uh, looking over, you know, one of their shoulders, either right or left, depending on which horse it was, because they wanted to actually to get to know her. And so she was trying to get to know them as well, individually, and then as a group, uh, a corporate, as a corporate group. And it was just a sight to see. So as this was going on, the chariot, I saw the chariot moving in small inches back and forth, you know, just really quick back and forth, back and forth, because she was trying to restrain the restlessness of the horses with the reins. And she had the reins in both of her hands. And it was very noisy. I mean, it was so noisy at that point. I couldn't focus in on Daniel at that point because I had to focus in on this new phenomena that I was actually experiencing with my uh, with my ruler and her chariot and the horses and the wind and her her cape flapping you know flowing in the air in the wind and I mean it was just a, a powerful dynamic situation that was going on here so uh, she was saying loudly to the horses she was talking loudly to the horses. The horses were neighing and snorting and standing on their hind legs and then coming back on their front legs. And then they turned their heads to look at her the whole time. So at that point, I began to tense up a little bit because all of this is new. And then my ruler woman, she is a very, very, very intense 
person literally and then you have the horses that are just as intense because they are they are created for warfare they're not created to sit back and lounge around and do nothing they're created for warfare so um uh as i i was tensing up uh the uh the horses took off running all of a sudden and then now she's driving my ruler is actually driving the chariot like jehu uh, now, some of you may know who Jehu is in the Bible, but if you don't, then you can actually Google it and you will find Jehu in the Bible and you will see, you will read how he would drive his chariot like a madman. People would know Jehu from a long, long distance away just by the way he was driving his chariot. My ruler was just like that. My ruler was driving her chariot like a mad woman back and forth. I mean, it was just like Jehu to me should look like a mad woman. Ah! And she has this war cry. Ah! And the horses are just going back and forth and back. But, you know, I started looking at the horses. The horses were enjoying go racing back and forth because now they're in movement. Now they're in motion and it's a war motion. Now they're in their function and they're just going back and forth. And I, I'm trying to explain after I got over the shock, I had to come back to where Daniel, Daniel and I were. And I said, Daniel, I said, she looks like a mad woman. She's driving her short chairs like Jehu and she's just going back and forth. And the horses seem to be enjoying this. They're just going back and forth and back and forth. So then Daniel asked if she had an assignment. Now she's going back and forth and Daniel's talking to her and he asked her if she had an assignment and she said, yes. Then she asked Daniel uh, about the dragon of the east. And um, she said, uh, well, what about, she said, who is the dragon of the east? So I asked Daniel, I said, Daniel, who's the dragon of the east? And so Daniel replied that he didn't know, but he would look it up at that time. But that's at a, a, a different time that we'll discuss that. So uh, she said that she has an assignment against the dragon of the east. So I told Daniel that I was not ready for that, which I wasn't. I, I was nervous at this point. It's like, oh, my goodness, she's getting ready to go do high, high spiritual warfare. And here I am down here trying to get delivered and set free and healed all at the same time. And she's talking about she's going she has her assignment and she's going to, uh, you know, fight this dragon of the east. And I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. So then at that time, I looked at Daniel on Skype. And all of a sudden, Daniel Daniel's style of deliverance is uh, he's very relaxed, even when in very tense situations. He's very relaxed. He sits back in his chair. Sometimes he uh, rocks back and forth because he has one of those rocking-type <laughs> chairs. But this time, he stopped rocking, and he leans forward, and he says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He says, God's doing something here. So now I'm really looking at him like, uh-oh, what in the world's going to happen now? So he leans up. He says, wait a minute, wait a minute. God's doing something here in the spirit room. Then Daniel says, uh, then Daniel told my ruler that she could call for Daniel's ruler spirit to try to get her to calm down a little bit, you know, because at that point she was not interacting with other rulers. So 
I, I, so when Daniel told my ruler that she could call for Daniel's ruler, she was very loud. She, she started calling for Daniel's ruler spirit saying, Daniel, Daniel ruler spirit, Daniel, Daniel ruler spirit. And she kept saying this over and over and over again. Her words seemed to fill up the entire spirit realm. And that's what it sounded like. So Daniel said that uh, his ruler spirit, he, you know, Daniel makes a comment, you know, we all know Daniel has a wonderful sense of humor. So he makes a comment. Well, in that case, my ruler spirit and her ruler spirit could go off and do conquests together and we won't have to worry about her. And so I was saying to myself, what? I, 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 you mean I don't have to worry about her and she's going off to do conquests and I don't have to worry about her? <laughs> this is what's going on in my soul. And so um, I, I was, needless to say, um, you know, it was kind of funny to me, but then it wasn't kind of funny, you know. So um, I was about to have a fit over the entire situation, but, I, you know, I trusted Daniel and I, I, I knew that I shouldn't worry about her. So, uh, so then Daniel said to me, he says, you know, he says, I've never done this before, but uh, this is what I'm going to do. And uh, he said, Daniel then opened up his realm and he gave the invitation for my ruler spirit woman to take whatever resources that were available that she wanted. And so as he spoke to the horses, he filled them with the fire of God. And for the first time, they settled down. And by the way, you can look up horses with fire or fired field horses. It's in the Bible. So their eyes became red. I mean, they were red like flaming fire and fire came out of their nostrils and out of their mouths. And later on in the episodes, uh, we'll learn how that, how my horses would actually fight some of these uh, spirit beings and entities and principalities and powers and how the fire would actually come out of their mouths. It's quite awesome to look at. But they actually settle down when Daniel filled them with the fire of God. So now he was, he was talking, he was actually ministering. Daniel was actually ministering to my horses while my, my ruler woman was actually getting the equipment that she needed from Daniel's realm. So meanwhile, the first things that my ruler spirit took were three huge, I mean, there were three large javelins. She took one medium spear and a long sword. That's what she took. But I don't know, you know, I was not going to be conversing with her and asking her at that time why, why she'd taken just these three, these three items here. I was just observing what she was doing. So uh, she was, uh, at that point, she was heavily, uh, she was heavily equipped with a sword of the Lord the helmet of salvation was on her head. A belt of truth was tightened around her loins. Her breastplate of righteousness was on. Now, her breastplate had both a front plate as well as a back plate. And the two were joined together at the seams on the on each side of her. That that was her that was her, actually her breastplate of righteousness. Her feet were shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and she had shields in front on the front of her legs, believe it or not. So um, 
That's what she had. She had shields on the front of her legs. Now her shields actually wrapped around to the back of her legs. And later on with one of the episodes, I'll tell you why she needed those shields all the way around her legs. So now she also had the shield of faith. So in addition to what she took from Daniel's storehouse room, she took another shield for herself and then shields to cover the sides of her chariot. She also covered her horses with shields on the side and in the front of her body. So if you could just imagine this, now she has a chariot. She has shields covering her chariot on the side. And then she has shields. She took shields from Daniel's uh, storehouse rim to actually cover the sides. It's going up her horses, the side of the horses, and then in the front of her body. So you could tell she was a very caring ruler for horses as well. Daniel, do you want to say anything? <laughs> no, it's okay. Go ahead and finish. Okay. All right. So then my ruler... It's funny. My ruler is very, very focused. She just drove off like Jehu, like a mad woman in her war cry. Ah! Ah! did not say goodbye. She didn't say goodbye. She didn't say thank you to Daniel. Nothing. Nothing. She just rode off, just drove wildly, drove her chariot off into, into another realm, into other regions, to, you know, on her conquest. So I had to admit that uh, when my ruler spirit left, I was a bit relieved. And even Daniel could feel that things began to settle down, back down in the spirit realm. So uh, I have to pause here to say that uh, she, when she makes, she actually makes her presence known in the spirit realm, and it is for a purpose. And even though she's making this loud war cry as she rides in her chariot, I later learn that she actually terrifies a lot of the inhabitants in the kingdom of darkness. To them, her war cry sounds like the lion of the tribe of Judah. Her cry can even paralyze many of them that they can't, I mean, they're just paralyzed. They can't move when they hear her war cry. And they just, they dread when she comes. They just cannot stand her. It's like they can't stand her. So uh, at that point, uh, the coaching session ended. And uh, Daniel says at the very end when the coaching session ended, ended he says, uh, Welcome to my world. And so I'm, I, I couldn't say anything. I was speechless. All I could do is just look at him. I mean, because I'm processing all of this, all of this new stuff. So now we still have uh, three other parts of my spirit, the servant, the giver, and the mercy to uh, call forth. But that will be done uh, with the next episode. You know, and folks, as if we're closing out this program, I just want to say a couple things. First, Casey mentioned that I opened up my realm to her ruler portion of her spirit. And again, we're going into a little bit of higher level revelation. It's like, well, what is that? And, and truly, that's what I would call a component of my jurisdictional inheritance in Christ Jesus. The realm is like an archie and it's assigned to me it's something that has been given to me by god to use uh, to interface with and i've talked about this 
On a number of other occasions, it was actually seen by me and four other witnesses, five altogether in Australia, when it actually manifested into the physical realm and um, showed up like a ring of light around the entire city of Port Macquarie. It's what it can look like in the spirit realm when you go into it. It's like a whole kingdom. Right? And there's like stables and courthouses and libraries and this and that. Uh, so operating out of that understanding, I'm able to say, well, I'm going to open that up so that um, <laughs> KC can partake of the resources that I am walking in. And you know what the Bible says? It actually says it's more blessed to give than to receive. So by doing that, I'm actually receiving a blessing it, because the kingdom of God is a kingdom of abundance. It, it's based on giving. And every time you give, you open up yourself to increase. So the more you give, the more you expand. And so it's always a good thing to, to give freely. And even in the spirit, this, this principle follows because, well, it's spirit first, natural second anyway. Uh, and you know, on, on the last subject, one of the things that I was communicating with Casey when I say welcome to my world is her ruler portion of her spirit is pretty independent. Uh, she does not sit around twiddling her thumbs waiting for Casey to pray in order to do something on assignment with God. She actually takes assignments from God independently of Casey. And, and that is something that I know I've been walking in for years as a matter of fact, they're so upset about it, they create, I mean, they literally create costumes of things that look like me, put it on demons, put it on witches or warlocks, get them to dress up like me so they can go out into the spirit realm, into people's dreams, into people's visions. I mean, I have so many reports of this, it makes me sick. And they do bad stuff. And what that causes people to do is think, I'm a witch or I'm a warlock or open me up to, you know, the accusations that someone on assignment against me might bring. And it's not me. <laughs> so they, because the powers of darkness know that my spirit is capable of taking assignments from God independent of me. And and, and actually, they, the, the more people that I fellowship with or whatever, the more they're running this agenda against People. I mean, they're now running this agenda against my wife. They've run it against other coaches associated with Bride Ministries. They're putting costumes of people that affiliate with me on top of demons and sending them on assignment against individuals. And it's, you know, it's all a work of deception. If anyone's ever heard of the term false flag, false flag means wearing your enemy's flag on your ship as you go and attack someone so they think it was someone else attacking. Uh, but nonetheless, this doesn't take away anything from the fact that our spirits can be activated in such a way that we begin to move and execute assignments with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus Christ, for God, that are independent of even our prayer times or ministry sessions. And um, the, the, I mean, the capacity for a Christian person to exact change on this world and the spirit realm is beyond current speculative capacity. It's, it's just really really enormous and we're just barely scratching the surface even now we're, we're kind of getting there but folks let me encourage you it's not just for me it's not just for casey 
This is for you. The reason why we talk about these things is so you can be free, you can be healed, you can be whole, you can have tools to set others free, to know the mechanics of how some of these things are done, and also to know your potential in Christ. With that said, Casey, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to be with me today, to talk about these things. Uh, You are just, you know, such a joy. And uh, folks, until next time, God bless and Godspeed. You've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. If you would like to connect with us at Bride Ministries or to support what we are doing financially, visit us at www.bridemovement.com.